everyone. Thank you for tuning into the Melanade Scenes podcast. I'm Tiara, and I'm here to give it to you straight up, raw, no filter. About to say, let's rewind and go back into the workplace because workplace experiences, and then also, do you guys code switch at work? Like, do you change the way that you talk, you know, to be more palatable to people at work? Um, Crystal, you go ahead and start, and then you get whoever else wants to chime in on code switching, please do so. Well, my my work one, it hasn't. I mean, I've worked in offices and I've worked at whatever. Um, and I naturally talk like when I moved to New York, they called me white girl, you know. So I know that I don't have to change how I talk, but my natural tone of my voice is what you hear right now. I don't change when I answer the phone and I'm in an office, whatever. What is funny to me in the workplace, though, is I used to be a stripper, and it's not a secret, I don't care, um, and when I was, of some of the girls, so one of the, one of my cl- close friends in the club, she was black, dark-skinned black girl, she would tell me, like, you know, if you want to make more money, don't wear your hoop earrings, you need to wear stud earrings, don't wear, um, like, try to wear more, like, lace basically adjust myself to what would be more like white friendly or what these older white men would be looking for things like that and what's crazy is I could understand in maybe a different environment that like you need to adjust certain things I know it's a huge issue with like black people having their natural hair out in a quote-unquote professional workplace like if your natural hair is unprofessional I'm not even gonna go down that fucking rabbit hole but yeah uh I'm just like, I'm out here shaking ass and I still got to fucking accommodate to these white people. Like, are you kidding me? In the club though? That was the last place. Girl, when I tell you, I found hoops that were touching my neck. I couldn't even hold my own neck straight. They were so big. I was like, that's the shit I'm wearing. I'll be damned if I come up in here putting some studs on and shit to accommodate to these people. And what was even crazy too is it's almost sad. Anytime an older white man would tell me I was beautiful, uh, give me a tip, ask me for a lap dance, get a VIP room, I would fucking, my hair would do a damn dance. I would be astonished to find that a white person, especially if they were over older, was even slightly physically attracted to me. I'm like, what? Like, you like me? And not only that, but I'm not wearing these fucking stupid ass stud earrings that people are telling me to wear and this lace shit that I'm not wearing. Like, I would wear that. It's like bikini style, very vibrant colors, like metallic type of material, sparkles and shit. I did not change none of that shit for anybody. I was like, I'm wearing what the fuck I'm wearing. And this is how I like it. So no matter where you think you can escape it, even if you're butt ass naked for a a dollar you're gonna deal with the racism in the workplace so that was the most I might expect that in a more professional setting in an office whatever I don't give a fuck but at the strip club to know that it's it's in the strip club I'm like (laughs) damn that shit's crazy I mean that's that's I think that happens everywhere like I love to wear big earrings I love earrings I love that's I don't even care if I I work in an office environment and I'm suit up, but honestly, somebody called me out. Like I don't know if I share this with Tiara, but somebody called me out because I had like these big earrings in a meeting not too long ago. So somebody was, it, this is like a conference room, 16 people, very formal meeting. And what they had to say 
when the first part of the meeting was like recognitions and what they have to say about me was like, well, I want to recognize Jasmine because of those earrings that she's wearing. And I swear that after that, I was like, you know what? I am my not, I might stop wearing big earrings to work because I have brains that I want to be recognized for, not my big earrings. And I think I stopped for like two weeks, but then I, I felt like I was losing myself because I like my big earrings. I mean, I usually also don't have my, my hair like this because I guess I don't give myself enough time to have, to have a spray or whatever. So like most of the time my hair is off. So I feel like earrings enhance that like femininity in me. And so I love to wear big earrings, but I have experience, especially like of this environment where people are always commenting on like my earrings and it's not always because they're nice. It's more like trying to say that I have big earrings and maybe they're not appropriate or something. And it's pretty annoying, but then I'm like, you know what? You're gonna get it. <laughs> um. So the code switching thing, uh, it's funny because my own sister, she's she's older than me, right? So she's always like, why are you talking so, why are you talking like a white girl? Why are you talk like that? You know, and I don't, I mean, I talk, I don't know, really noticed, like talking more professionally to more, you know, cussing and whatever, slang or whatnot. And I'm like, shut up, what are you talking about? Da, da, da. I was like, yeah, why are you talking like that? And then at work, because I work, with a lot of patients, you know, how's your day? Da, 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 da. I kind of battle with it where I'm trying to be polite and, you know, kind of block just talking in a way where it's not like, in a, I'm not inappropriate, but in a way where they find it acceptable, I guess. But then I'm over here with my Latin or Hispanic patients that speak Spanish, you know, they prefer it. And I talk to them just like I would talk to my mom to, you know, like normal so I always I think back and forth and I've been doing this field for almost almost 10 years now and I still go kind of go back and forth when like I meet a doctor or you know a new staff that I'm interviewing with or working with now and then after a while I kind of like let it go a little bit where I need to just talk how I want to and still be polite in that aspect but it I feel like it's still a constant battle with that because I'm talking to my you know, Hispanics and Latinos, I always talk at home and it's still polite, but the English side of it, it's, it's just a, a battle. It's like, I still need to figure out how I need to speak in the tone that's for me. That's me in a way. But my sister's real good to call me out on it and be like, why are you talking like that? When she kind of, she's more like laid back, let loose. Like she's, um, She's kind of out there with her emotions on her sleeve. So I take it from her and I just, I feel like it's something that I need to work on and figure out if it's for me or not, really. Yeah. In corporate America, I definitely have to code switch or I'm going to be viewed as a threat. It's just apparent. And then going off of what Jasmine was saying about her earrings, I haven't had comments on earrings, but I had comments on like uh, my hair. Um, I remember I had some box braids in my hair. You know how I always braid my hair in the individual ones when I don't feel like doing it anymore. And um, one of the people on my team, she had cut her hair more recently and she had cut a lot of it off. And so I was like, oh, your hair is really cute. It looks nice. And then she was like, oh yeah, your hair is different too. Like really different. 
but it wasn't like your hair looks nice. It was like, you know, and uh, people started coming in for the meeting. And so like, I didn't really have to address what she had just said, but she was a part of my hiring process. And I was thinking like, if my hair wasn't like this, you know, pulled back in a bun when I did my interview and it was in those braids, would I even got that position? Like, I don't know, because the, the way that she responded to me getting my hair braided was like, she was not for that shit. Like, yeah. Forward. So we've talked about a lot building up to this. And so now I'm just curious, do you guys have race conversations with your children? And when you were younger, did your parents have race conversations with you guys to kind of prepare you or to keep you safe in certain situations? I can uh, comment on that. I like I have my baby. He's still young, and I, I just like haven't brought the conversation because he doesn't talk. And uh, but at some point, I have to do it because um, I'm the first person that have immigrated to the United States from my family, and I never have like some kind like I mentioned in my previous comments that I never experienced racism because I was raised with people that just look like me. Everybody just look exactly the same like me. And so, but uh, Logan being born here in the US and having um, two parents that had um, immigrated from Latin America. So that's the conversation that I would have to have with him as soon as he's able to, to talk and understand. But it's something that's always in the back of my head. So my son will understand that he he's not different because he's, he's a brown kid. Well, I have a 19 year old, she'll be 20 in August. And we talk about race all the time, obviously, because she is on all the platforms. She sees all of the, uh, the killings of brown and black bodies. And it's something that we have to talk about. Um, just recently, she started skateboarding and we have a skate park uh, that's not too far from our house. And she and her friend were going there in the mornings. Um, her friend was from Australia and she was kind of stuck here because of COVID and everything. Um, but she has since gone and made it back home. But I noticed that once the friend was now not able to go with my daughter to the skate park, I started to get really panicked. And I would tell her, you know, make sure you send me your location. And, you know, because my daughter is, she's obviously, you know, a brown child i mean you put a hoodie on her she could look like a brown boy she's very straight straight bodied she wears loose clothes um and so uh we talk about it all the time it's a continual thing and i think there is no option for us because i i need her to be prepared she drives so i'm always constantly telling her drive under the radar don't drive too fast don't drive too slow don't you know rolling stop do do everything that you can to never get stopped. Um, and it's, it's, you know, it's unfortunate and it makes me sad <laughs> that I have to prepare her for this. But I also think that I, you know, we just don't have a choice. We have to have those conversations. And a lot of the time she will bring them up because she's, she's on it, you know, she's on it with her phone and she'll say, did you hear about this? Did you hear about that? And we just kind of console each other, you know, and, um, and that, I think, again, going back to my family, that is what kind of makes it hard is, is you know, they don't quite understand exactly how this impacts us and, and the fear that it, that it drums up, so. 
So I would say growing up, uh, speaking about race, I mean, my parents, it wasn't like a major thing, like, oh, you know, you got to be diligent and all this stuff. It was more of overall all people. Like, I wasn't allowed to stay the night at, you know, friend's house, studied. I was always like in the house by a certain hour. Um, my brother too, like growing up, it, it, your ass was inside or you, she would come get you, you know? But I do remember like my dad, very smart. He was always on history channel. Like I would watch it together and like talk about those, like, you know, wars and all that stuff. And, um, also, you know, he brought up the, um, the Treaty of Guadalupe Hidalgo, you know, when, you know, the U.S. and Mexico went to war and how that all happened. But I really didn't grasp it. I didn't think about much of it. Like, I thought, oh, my mom is just being overprotective. Like, like she's like, always know your surroundings. Don't um, walk in, you know, near the street, like all this kind of stuff. I didn't really think about it until, you know, growing up and you kind of see different things happening to people of color and uh, now because it's all social media, everything. My daughter's 11 and she's, she's preteen and she's grown a lot in this last year. And I feel like we've had more talks about those kinds of things coming up now where before she didn't, she never asked me, she never questioned like, um, our areas diverse and my, uh, my nieces and nephews are half black, you know, they, it's normal for her, like being around different people of color. And with all this stuff going on, she, you know, she kind of sees and hears me and Gabe kind of talk and we openly talk about it. Like if she has questions and we answer it, but she has noticed the worry where like in me probably more because, you know, my nieces and, ne and my nephew, they're a little bit darker complexion than my kids. And I speak to my mom and I try to tell my sister that, you know, they got to talk and have these conversations with them too, because we never really talked about it before. And like my nephew's outside running around. I'm like, you got to talk to him about being in the street, being around here. And Genevieve, I mean, my daughter, she rides a skateboard and she's all over the place. And I have to tell her like, no, you need to know where you're going. You need to stay where we can see you. And like those kinds of things, they're not really like grasping at why. So I think as they grow, we have to talk to them consistently about it because there's always going to be some new thing, like going to the store, going to a restaurant, movie theaters, things like that, your friends, you never know. And that's what my mom always kind of set up is like, you have to be careful. It doesn't matter where you're at, who you're with, they can be your friends or your family too. I mean, it just, you never know. And just putting that caution up and educating them about their history, like where they came from, because they don't know. And they sometimes don't know how to ask those questions either. And it's like with your daughter, not only she's a woman, that's a target. She's a child, that's a target. And then she's of color, that's a target. Because a, a God forbid, an attacker, you know, they might not target somebody who is white or somebody who looks like them. They might just go and, because they relate to, to that too much. They just might be desensitized to people of color. So just because you look the way you look, now it's m just more dangerous for you just even living, playing, having fun, which is sad for children to have to deal with but it's a reality until it's not so very true i hear silence i guess that means move on to the next question <laughs> so with all of these things that we've talked about up to this point how do you guys think that uh the treatment of latin american people in general has manifested uh psychologically 
mentally, um, physically within you guys' communities? Um, I would say that, and that's my experience, and most of my family is still living in Dominican Republic, so only here, my dad lives here, but I, the way I think it fades within my culture and the people that I see here is that everybody kind of stays in their own lane, if you will, and they are very much afraid, I feel like, to go and get more and explore more things because more often than not, I see that Dominicans stick with Dominicans and it's not necessarily because that's natural, but it's also because they're afraid of exploring outside of their of, of the boundaries because being afraid of being targeted, being profiled, being uh, told things that they don't want to deal with. And my sister and I, has since we came here, we wanted to just go everywhere. We didn't see race too much, but we even sometimes go to a restaurant or a supermarket like her and I were talking about it and she asked for like pancetta because she wanted to do a carbonara. And then the first thing that they asked her is like, oh, the Italian pork. I'm like, if she asked you for that, she probably knows what she's asking for. And I think I went to a restaurant the other day and I also ordered something. I know what I'm ordering. I literally know what I'm ordering, but I think the waiter felt the necessity to describe, to me define what I was ordering. And, it's just these kinds of things that I, these kinds of experiences that I feel like in my culture, people tend to just be friends with Dominicans sometimes and only hang out with ourselves. And it's not because of anything else, but being afraid to be exposed to this kind of treatment. They don't say they're afraid, but they also don't, don't they kind of stay in their own lane, if you will. I think for me, and just, you know, when I think of community, I don't think of just, you know, just my family, but in general, the people, the people in my life are, are not as concerned as I would like them to be about, again, bringing it back to uh, the people that are in the detention camps uh, and uh, being apprehended by ICE they're they're not as it's almost like a separation like it's like we're not the same people you know and because maybe you know my family we definitely are mexican i mean there's several the the younger generations don't speak spanish as much as the older generations do um but it's like it's like we've made it you know and so we're middle class and we you know we're not they're just not as concerned as I would think they should be knowing that, like you said, Tierra, this used to be Mexico. Come on. You know, these are our people, you know, um, when America was founded, the, those people were braving the storm to make a better life. These people are doing the same and they are doing it legally. You go to a port of entry, you claim asylum, you get your, you get your case heard. You know, you should not be separated from your children. You should not be, uh, put in a, det a detention camp. So I, I'm sort of a little bit deflated that it's not in my community, uh, it's not more important and more in the forefront of everybody's mind that we need to do something. Yeah, I agree. I feel like there's not a rush to like support and help one another, another in a way where it's more within the family. Um, 
I like with the news and everything, I feel like I'll say something to my mom about like the protests and, and we went to one and she's like, oh, but what is that going to do? You know, not meaning it in a bad way, but she's like, it's just so much is against the whole, all the problems, their hope is kind of not there really. Like they, they did their struggle. They, they came here, they try to make a life. I mean, they were able to get uh, papers and then they, a lot of people go back. Like my parents went back to Mexico after they were here and we were born and they ended up coming back and, you know, they say, you know, some things are better over there than they are here. And then with all the negativity too, it's like, I think it just builds up and it suppresses what they really want to do and feel for. So, I mean, I try to talk to my mom, like, you know, the ice camps and things that are going on like that. Like, can you imagine what these people are going through? And it's this still a tough conversation for them. I feel like the struggle and hardships that they had, they kind of want to leave them in the past in a way. Um, and even though they should be so proud, like my parents um, are U.S. citizens now. They went through the whole process and did all that. And we were proud of them. Like, but to them, it was, wasn't just like this glorified thing to them. It was just like, I got this done and then let's move on in a way. So yeah, it's, that's a tough, tough one. I guess what I feel like I'm hearing is that people are kind of minimizing themselves just so they can continue to survive or like you said move on in a way yeah Adriana were you gonna say something I was just gonna add to what she was saying um my dad was kind of in the same boat um when um, I went to a protest. He's like, you know, I really don't want you getting caught up in all that stuff. You know, it doesn't apply to us. And I'm like, I don't, I don't, I don't get, I don't get where this, like you guys said, the disconnect, you know, it does, you know, this is, these are people, these are lives that, you know, that it doesn't matter what the color of their skin, you know, and, you know, maybe the protest isn't, you know, specifically for like Mexicans, but, you know, they still have our are people in cages you know like there's you know i just don't i just don't know how to express to somebody that that could have been you you know like how could you not put yourself in that those shoes you know and yeah i guess i'm just agreeing with the disconnect you know and i'm trying to explain to him you know um he understood it more but it's just like he didn't want to further the conversation he was just wanting to shut it down he was like so I find, you know, but I'm not going to get caught up in it, you know, so that kind of stuff. I think overall, everything that you guys are saying to me just sounds like they're trying to keep their safety. That's what it sounds like to me, like in, in certain senses of like uh, Jasmine saying, well, you know, we kind of stay with our family. And I guess I also see that with Myra's family, because me and Myra have known each other since we were 14. So it's like, everybody kind of sticks together. And like she said, her friends were her cousins, because everyone hangs out together. So almost like, this is safe. I also don't want to have to keep explaining stuff to other people. So I'm going to stay with the people that I already know, understand what's going on. Oh, sorry. No, I was just agreeing. (laughs) Another extension of like, that whole kind of safety thing is so my mom the best way I can describe like I guess 
her skin color for people who haven't seen her because Tira you've seen my mom Myra I don't know if you have she, she looks like Oprah like she's like the color of Oprah even her face kind of looks like Oprah like and then my dad is like he's not white white but he's not like he can tan without burning so my mom would tell us tell the kids like you know always get with a partner who you think is going to advance your children in their looks make make your children more beautiful so that they don't have to have a hard life so I translate that as okay well you're dark so you get with somebody who is light so that you can lighten your children so you feel like they will not have as hard of a life as you have so it's crazy it's like that's the the embedded root it's like a level of safety like okay well my kids um my mom will sometimes say like would say used to say like Oh, the only thing is that, you know, this one, this one of the sisters came out with her hair like this. Like if it's not, like if it's a bad thing because she has, her hair grows towards the sun. All of ours grows towards the ground. And now that we're older and she can do her own hair and knows how to maintain it, it's so banging. And it's not better than our hair because all hair is good hair. But it's so beautiful and I'm like it's crazy we were raised as this was like the one thing like oh man well you got nappy hair you got curly hair like whatever whatever it's like a little sponge and now I love the direction that everything is going in because we can appreciate these things I can I can undo the programming that's been done I don't have to get with somebody who is white in order to feel that my children will be have a better life. If I get with somebody who's white, it's because I love them. It's not like a underlying, like not necessarily agenda, but that's going to be the sole purpose, you know? So I feel like even though, yeah, my mom and my dad are both from the Dominican Republic, we're the first generation born here. Um, that to me is crazy. And then I'll have to tell people like they're legal. Like they got there. My mom will, would always have to say that. Like I have my papers. She when people try to tell her stuff, I remember her saying that like I have a degree. Both my parents have degrees. Both my parents were legal. My dad served in the US military. And it's like once you say these things to people, especially white people, then they're like the guard comes down like, "Oh, okay. So they are educated then. Or they are allowed to be here then." Like, bitch, I don't know. Yeah, I I think oh my god, like I can identify so much because it goes like being a colored person, you almost have to read your resume just so people can like accept you or see you better. Like I remember that when I moved to Seattle, I I avoid it now. I don't say where I work because I'm like, what if I was I don't know brewing coffee? What if I was a barista? Do you really need me to tell you where I work for you? Are you gonna treat me differently? And like, why does it matter? You know what I mean? Like, unless this is a job interview, what I do actually doesn't really matter because we're just people interacting. I also like my mom is like the lighter skin and my dad is very dark. And I always saw like in my family, like in here, people would make remarks about my dad being like the lighter, the darker skin one. And it's always like these little conversations of like, to make the race a little better so that programming that programming of like no i should just be with whoever i want to be regardless of what they look like and that that goes both for like black or white like i just want to be able to be with someone because we got along and not because it is like an underlying agenda that i want the next generation to look better and i think for myself that's the type of programming that i'm always 
trying to be cognizant of because it was there, it is probably there and it was very real and it's something that you still hear in our circles of like, hey, or like this, like my sister is darker than I, like instead of calling her by her name, she was like Prieta, which in Spanish just mean like, like dark. I don't know how to translate it, but she was that, like a lot of people still don't call her her name. It's La Prieta. And it's just like, what? It's, it's just weird. But dark, not in a good way. Like, it's not like saying somebody to somebody how in America will say like, oh, she has dark skin. And that's like, that's not an offensive way to say Prieta. It can be offensive. So it's not something that people say, unless you know the person and you guys talk like that, whatever. But that's not something you go around calling people. Right. And so the agenda that you guys are talking about, that agenda, I'm going to just lay it out. That agenda is called anti-Blackness. Your hair grows so your hair grows toward the sun. One of your sisters has hair that's more Afro-like, so that is bad thing because that's black. Only black people have Afro-like hair, or your skin is darker, so you're the Prieta, but that means a bad thing because that is black. You look like a black person, so all this stuff is anti-blackness or mejorar la raza better the race by getting with a white person that is anti-blackness your nose is wide you need to have a more thin uh like pointy-ish kind of nose that is anti-blackness because only not only but there's certain features that come from african people that everybody wants to downplay so this agenda of bettering your race by getting with someone who looks looks more caucasian or european is anti-blackness and I wonder if that plays into the whole thing where a lot of Hispanic Latinos, even within my family, I've seen it, they're racist against black people. And I didn't understand it. My niece and nephew are, you know, they're German, Hispanic, black. And I still remember like from the day my mom and my dad met, you know, my brother-in-law, it was, it wasn't pretty. And it was kind of like, a shocker for me. I was like, what the hell is going on? Like, he's just a guy. My sister, she was 18, you know, she was already um, almost done with school. Like, why can't she just be with him? Or like, why is that a problem? She had a lot of black friends, a lot of, you know, that's that was who her clique was. She changed schools because there was majority white people. She got a lot of racist things happen to her. And I mean, this is her man. And she, he comes and introduces himself politely and it's not a funny story, but the way my mom reacted to it, where she's just like standing there, like, and it was a whole problem. And this is, you know, six, 20 years now. And, you know, embrace him, love him, love our nieces, my niece and nephew. But the change I saw with my parents, it was like overnight, you know, but I don't know if it was a stigma in their head that they've been told that no, no, morenitos, no, or, you know, something like that I didn't understand it and even with some of my uncles they would say these things and I'm like that's not right like what are you talking about well, like they're in our family now and I've seen it like a lot of it die down and go away where it's um they're more open to it and connected and not so racist about it because this is pretty damn dark to say and do those kinds of things when us as kids are all around they would do it they didn't care 
but I have seen the change, but I wonder if that goes into, you know, purifying the rasa or how they were raised. I'm not sure, honestly. I see it all the time. Like I was raised with it. Um, mind you, in my family, on my mom's side, my color is light compared to a lot of them. Like my grandpa, her, her dad, my mother's father looks like a coffee bean. Like they are not light in that family really like at all you know my mom's mom is kind of like my color um and then my dad's side they have a lot of french and italian in that blood so they have more like red hair and they're like whiter skin and stuff but on my mom's side no they're dark so what's crazy to me is that as dark people they are separating themselves from black people because it goes back to that whole nobody wants to be black like you're saying Tara, it's a bad thing whatever whatever and i see it in the world and then what's harder is in the grand scheme of everything going on, as a Hispanic, as a brown person, sometimes, I don't wanna say I feel in the middle because that would mean that I'm as equal from black people as I am from white people and I will never take the side of white people, to put it bluntly, um, and I don't give a fuck. But I feel put in the middle in a way that I could, somebody would say who is black, they'll be like, you know what? you think you're better than me because you're light-skinned bitch you're just like me you are black like me look at your ancestors where do you think you're from all this stuff and then if i say nigga or whatever you're not black enough to say that you're not this you don't know what we've been through your family wasn't slaves here so it's like who the fuck do you want me to be where am i supposed to squeeze in here like if if I, either i'm your people or i'm not so there's so much contradiction from black culture towards that i've felt personally as a Hispanic person. And then I even get it from white people. Like, oh, you're, you're not black, you know, so it's okay. Like, yeah, you're, you're just dark enough. Like, bitch, fuck that. Like, what do you, I know what the fuck you're trying to say to me. Like, so it is as a Brown person for me, that shit, it's not confusing because I get it. I know who I am and I know where I'm going. Um, but there is a, a disconnect in, the people and i know the culture is different we cook different things for thanksgiving we have different things at the barbecue we have we we are different the music is different but the people are the same like i used to always say dominicans are black people who speak spanish like to me that's how i connect to black people but not all black people connect to dominicans in that way yeah i was just gonna say that um i feel like since that you know it's this race to the bottom. Nobody wants to be on the bottom. And that's why black and brown people are always minimizing each other. Um, I know when my mom got pregnant and she told my grandma, um, my Mexican grandma that, you know, that I was going to be part black. Uh, my grandma was not having it. And she, my mom was sent out of the home. Um, you know, and then later on, of course she loved me, but, um, but just because you have, you know, biracial people in your family, it doesn't mean that you're now down for uh, that ethnicity anymore, that, that race. Um, you know, it's unfortunate, but you know, the, the standard is, you know, unfortunately, I mean, I think it's changing slowly. I think it's changing, but you know, we've been ingrained that white is the standard of beauty and now it's changing. And I don't think white people don't know what to do <laughs> besides, you know, implement different things. And, and I think brown people, all of us need to embrace it and just, you know, love all of our characteristics, love every hair texture, you know, and just 
be the best that we can in this construct. But I think it's always been like, nobody wants to be on the bottom. So that's all I was going to say. I totally agree. So you guys don't know, but Cynthia is my husband's cousin. And uh, when Marcos and I got married, uh, his grandma, so we made a book for them as a memento of the wedding. And she was like, yeah, Miho, I was showing people you guys wedding pictures. I had so much fun. telling them everything about it. And then when they looked at the picture, they said, he married a black person? <laughs> I've also heard him have side conversations. Like he's on the phone and he's talking to someone who's a family member and they don't know I'm around. So they don't know that I hear. And I hear them talking about a nigger on the phone. You know, so it's like, I'm married to a person who has a racist family. And despite the fact that I'm doing better than every single person I know in his family, and this is not uh, like a jab at them, like immediate family, this is not a jab at them at all. I'm doing better than all of you guys, but you have the nerve to call somebody a nigger when you are in the worst position. Like that's crazy. And we're doing pretty good for ourselves. But the only thing you care about is that I'm black. Ugh, oh my God, he married a black person. Nothing else. Didn't want to know anything else about me. That's the deprogramming that so many Hispanics need to do because it goes on within us. And um, unfortunately for my dad, I, I don't know. He died, so I don't know his perspective on color as like the whiter skinned person who was the Dominican. You know, I have my sisters, but that doesn't count because our generation is so mentally strong and we care so much like if anybody is going to get shit done and make changes it's our generation and underneath us and that is exactly what has been happening so it's like I wish I could have gotten that perspective you know and just to clarify when I say I will never take the white person's side I mean it's not I'm not saying I'll never marry a white person or or befriend them I have plenty of white friends I'm just saying I would never agree with the overall perspective of things going on if that makes sense if there was any confusion about that I don't know. okay you guys so last question for all those people out there who make comments of race being non-existent in 2020 and everyone's past that and it just doesn't exist and everything is not about race are you sure that was a race thing that just happened <laughs> what do you guys have to say to those people stop talking <laughs> just stop talking seriously like you you don't you don't get it then educate yourself and shut up like that's all I gotta say like just you don't have a right to say anything about it if you don't know anything about it so that's all I gotta say I would say that you know someone who says that has the luxury of thinking that race doesn't matter they don't have to think about uh, the things that we think about my daughter going to the skate park or not getting stopped by a policeman or uh, they just have the luxury of, of their skin not being an issue for them or um, and I would have to say if you want to be if you th this country is going forward and things are changing and it is because of your generation I am convinced um, and I, I'm excited about it but I think that people are going, with that idea, they're just going to be left behind and in the dark because uh, people are moving forward. They're realizing that uh, race does matter in America and we have to change it, so. 
I hate when people say they don't see color and that shit doesn't exist. First of all, bitch, shut the fuck up. Second of all, yes, you fucking do. Because don't tell me that the makeup industry isn't flourishing with funds based on color and complexion. You don't go to get one fucking foundation. You match your color. So you see that shit. You know it fucking exists. So I don't even have a lot to say on that. When people say that shit, I think they are deliberately being racist. I wanted to say a word that's a little bit lighter than racist, but no, it's just racist. I think they're deliberately um, being racist and they're using color to blanket the problems. You see the problem. So when you're saying there's no color, you're trying to say there's no problem with how people of color are being treated. So if anybody thinks that, all I got to say is fuck you. <laughs> Ditto on that. Honestly, I think it's a joke when people say their reasoning why they think it's oh like why things are happening or whatnot even coming from people that we knew in school um don't tell me oh you miss my mom's cooking oh you love this and that all the parties this and that and then post all that shit when you don't even have one clue to what their life was like you haven't had one struggle i mean the bravery to do what my family has done yes there's a lot of things that go into it, but just being inhumane about it, not considering their side of the story, what they've been through, not listening, not caring to listen, not educating yourself, and then having the mouth to just blah, blah, you know, just all this stuff, constant, 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 and you don't know anything. You're not aware. You're not willing to relate to anybody. You just focus about what you want to say and whatnot and make it that it's something else. And you know what, like Cynthia said, it is going to be changing by, uh, what was it, 2060, I saw statistics, there's going to be over 110 million Hispanic Latinos alone in the U.S. Right now, we're at what, 60 million? And you think that number's going to go down? No. And with all the other races and immigrants coming, uh, it's going to explode. So sit down for the ride, get used to it. I mean, if you, if anyone ever wants to come and talk to myself or my family about their life and maybe you can get some insight on it, then go for it. But all the other shit you're saying is bullshit, honestly. Open your eyes and your mind to it. What I would say is that you don't know what you don't know and everybody has their own experience. So the fact that you have not experienced racism or something because of how you look doesn't give you the right to say it doesn't exist. You can only learn and listen I, I would say listen because i know a lot of people that say like oh everything is so nice yes that and i agree that's your experience that is your experience undeniable but know that for the simple fact of how i look i may have an entire different experience because i have seen how some people everybody's nice to them they're like the most beautiful people too and i'm like yeah no wonder how your perspective to the world it's so bubbly because everybody's probably bubbly with you. Some people looked at me and they have a thousand assumptions and now that's my experience, even with the same people. So I would say, listen to people, listen to what they have to say, listen to their experience and don't invalidate people's experience. If somebody's saying, I experience racism, they are saying it because of their experience. And nobody should invalidate somebody else's experience just because they didn't 
went through it. So I would say, listen, don't invalidate experiences and try to empathize, even if you never experienced race. I agree. My answer to, is it about race or is it non-existent is, I just feel like those statements are, I don't know, almost strategic from a white perspective. If I can deny that race exists, I don't have to go back and atone for the things that ancestors have done because some white people take the, the, the point of view of, well, I didn't do it. I just was able to benefit from the things that have happened. However, when you ask questions like, is that really a race thing? Or I don't think that's race or race doesn't exist. I don't see color. This is a colorblind society. That's allowing you to continue to uphold the systems that your ancestors put in place to keep other people oppressed. And so I just feel like the person who is saying that is strategically doing a chess move of like making sure things stay the way that they are, upholding the system of racism. Uh, I would say that um, um, they using that as an excuse that, oh, I don't see color. Yes, you do see color. Yes, you do know about your white privilege or whatever, right? So I, the first thing I said, like, just educate yourself. I experienced to be married to a white guy, and I experienced myself, like, being a Latina married to a white guy, I was experiencing racism. Because in the South, when they see a mixed couple, it's always, like, something. You always get the very loo. You don't always get the same treatment. Just even going to a restaurant. The waitress used to acknowledge my white ex-husband, but not me. So, like, I was non-existent. So, that is a problem right there. You do see color. Because I am different, then you don't going to offer me the same kind of service. So, I would tell people that are there and listening to educate themselves. Educate not only about the Black history. Educate about, like, uh, Latin American history. Like, know before saying something, just educate yourself. Like, know that we can speak uh, Spanish, but we all different. We all come from different regions that have different kind of, like, cultural backgrounds. Try to find if you have a friend that happened to be a Latino. Like, just go ask them questions. Hey, how did you grow up? Like, did you experience racism in your country? Like, what would you say if I call you for a certain race that are not yours? So, like, how would you feel? Like, try to don't sound stupid when you are thinking like, oh, what does it mean to be this? What does it mean to be that? So don't make those kind of comments because at the end, the one that's looking bad is you, not me. So that's my, my recommendation. Just educate yourself and if you don't know uh, nothing, just be quiet. Don't say anything. <laughs> All right, ladies. Well, that's a wrap. Thank you guys for being here. Me. Thank you guys for sharing your experiences and just being honest and